to another episode of the Patriot Podcast. Super excited. Episode five coming at you. Um, our mission is to encourage our community and develop our community through digging through some tough community conversations and uh, modeling how we engage with each other with curiosity and compassion around these uh, topics that are super important to our community and super important to building a community of learners uh, that Viewpoint is. Dr. Steiger, I'm really excited for today's conversation. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is um, a little different for us. We're recording in the morning. Normally we record in the afternoon. So um, see how see how the morning energy goes for, for how we chat about things. Uh, right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so last episode, we talked about uh, <laughs> uh, lessons that we learned through remote schooling. We talked about um, setting goals for the future based on the lessons that we learned. And today, we're really excited to uh, talk more about a student-centered experience through this whole all this craziness. And uh, Dr. Seiger, I think we have some, some great guests in the house, don't we? We do, we do. We've got uh, two students. We have Claire and Chloe who came to us wanting to talk about mental health and wellness um, and their experience as students with this. And we've also invited our amazing, wonderful, brilliant upper school counselor, Leslie Piccioni, um, who's gonna join us and help us frame this conversation um, and make sure everybody takes care of themselves. So as we get started here, uh, Claire and Chloe, why don't you tell us like what brought this uh, idea to your mind and said, oh, we need to talk about wellness? Um, I think what started it all was honestly just Claire and I having one of our conversations about how stressed we are about school and what's happening and how like our environment right now is affecting our school and our performance and we've never heard anybody talk about it before in the sense that we were talking about it and we figured that like we have each other to talk about it so what does the rest of the community have not everybody has that one person that's going through the exact same thing as them so we just wanted to like generalize the conversation open up open it up to the viewpoint community I think we also just like wanted to make it a more comfortable discussion because I think a lot of people are closed off about mental health and they should make it a priority. Awesome. Thank you, Chloe and Claire. And for those of you who don't have the little name tags under the Zoom boxes, it was Chloe first and then Claire. And maybe maybe you can remind once in a while, remind who you are so people can, can recognize the voice. Um, that's really great. I'm, I'm really excited that you brought this to us um, as, as we remind every time, you know, our goal here is to, to have real conversations about things that are meaningful in our community, things that are meaningful to us um, and having other people come to us with ideas about things that they wanna talk about is absolutely perfect. It's really exciting for us to, to be able to engage in that. Um, and when Claire and Chloe came to us, we knew immediately that we needed some support in this conversation. I think that's a, another sort of modeling of having important conversations is sometimes you need to really think about who needs to be in the room for what conversation. And for this conversation, we knew we needed to have Ms. Piccioni with us. Um, and so um, Ms. Piccioni, I just wanna to toss to you, um, from your perspective, what challenges has mental health or what challenges has remote learning posed for mental health? What kinds of things do we need to keep in mind as we engage in this conversation and as we work to support one another um, through all of this in our community? 
Well, thank you for those questions, Dr. Steiger. And thank you all so much for inviting me. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of this podcast. I'm a podcast fan in general. And so to, to be a part of this and something, of course, that's near and dear to me is, is really exciting, even at, at this bright and early hour. Um, oh, remote learning. Um, so I say I, I'm speaking to you guys as I spent an hour this morning making sure that, that my whole family and everybody that I live with was settled and had everything that they needed so that I could do this. Um, with relative quiet and peace, et cetera. Um, so when I talk to students, um, who, you know, when I look at my own kids who are like, mom, I know, I, you know, I'm, I'm on, yes, I'm on, you know. Um, when I talk to parents who are, are frustrated, I get it. And when I talk to, you know, my fellow colleagues who are trying to balance work and family and all of that, uh, because we don't have that natural, um, delineation, right, between home and work or home and school. Um, I get it. Um, so I would say the first things that come to mind are now is not the time to tough it out, right? We are expecting you all to, to really rise to the occasion. And if we are expecting that, now is the time. You don't have to do any of this on your own. That's the great thing. So all of these resources that we're always talking about that, you know, when you come to Viewpoint and you're part of the Patriot family, you're part of our community, you really, now is the time to really utilize those resources that maybe during a typical year, you could say, oh yeah, if I, I know if, if I ever need that, that's there, um, but I'm good. I'm good for now. Now is the time to utilize that. Yeah. Um, so you can be resilient and you can be uh, strong and independent while also leaning on the people that are part of your community. Leaning mm. on, of course, friends and family. Leaning on me, your counselor, college counselor, if you feel comfortable, teachers that you've connected with. Um, now is the time. So um, <laughs> realize yeah. <laughs> that's that's such a good point because without the di distinction between home and school without being able to like be in your bedroom and then be in your office you kind of have to navigate for yourself where you draw the line between those things uh ladies claire and chloe dynamic duo how have you uh managed to reinvent your home space into a home slash school slash everything else space Actually, I think about this a lot because I think that motivation is really difficult during a time like this because I find myself just always wanting to sit in bed and like watch a new show. So I think that really separating rooms has helped me like when I'm in my bedroom, it's like, oh, like I'm going to go to sleep or I'm going to watch TV. But then like if I move to like the kitchen, it's like that could be like my classroom in a way. And I think that's helped me normalize school or like make it seem like my own school setting and personalize it. Um, honestly, like in my ideal, I would completely do work that in a room that's not my room, but like I don't have, there's no spare room that's not loud or other people are taking over. So I'm kind of forced to do work in my room, which is not a bad thing. 
but I definitely agree with Claire when sometimes I'm like, oh, could I do math from my bed today? So. I just want to comment out loud for, for people who weren't with us in our pre-meeting. I mean, we had this conversation before we started about finding spaces, about thinking about what our spaces look like. I talk about being a, a parent and teacher and the fact that I'm sharing the, the living room here, which is also a second grade classroom, um, mm -hmm. kindergarten, and my wife's office are down the hall in the same room. I mean, it's, it's chaos all the time. If you've never sat next to an eight-year-old um, trying to focus on school for a day, um, you have no idea what distracted sounds are. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, like this is this is his school. I'm just going to share the the picture for all of you um, that are that are here with us. But you know, it's it's hard, and it's hard to to keep the focus on like doing the work that you need to do when you're surrounded by your home world and you're surrounded by the, the other things that you either want or need to do. Um, yeah. And so I really appreciate Claire, you mentioning motivation. I mean, it may feel like it's motivation, but it's also distraction. And it's also the realities of living in an ongoing slow motion crisis that the world is facing and, and we're living our lives and doing our things and um, surviving and thriving through that. And, and it's hard to remember all that. I've heard students uh, repeat that they're tired of living through DBQs. And uh, Dr. Steiger, I think you might have even said that before, where, yeah, we're working through a whole bunch of historical moments. And like, one thing that I kept hearing uh, you all speak about was this idea of focus and how we've been able to focus on different things and how we've been so distracted by so many other things. I, I talked about on an earlier podcast, I'm distracted constantly by the fact that I could go take a nap right now. Like I, I'm close enough to do it and, and it wouldn't be a problem for me to fall asleep. And, uh, but our focus, we, we still have to turn in grades. We still have to get our work done. We still have to take a whole lot of these assessments. I'm wondering for any of you, how has it been to maintain your focus? Have you had to make new schedules for yourself? Have, have you had to um, be intentional about it in a different way? Um, I think that being like at school in person, it was really easy to stay on track because like, for example, you could go to a teacher during iBlock with no problem. And like you were kind of forced to be in that environment. But now I think that like making a schedule really helps me because it keeps me like, oh, I don't know the word, accountable. It keeps me accountable um, for like my work and outside of school so that I don't feel unproductive every day. I think. Chloe does the same thing and it helps both of us. Yeah, to add on to Claire, when we were in school, I always like got the cute planners for school, but I never actually used them because school kept me so on track. Now my like planners, I use it every single day, all day. I don't know, it just, it helps me keep my mind straight, which is definitely hard to do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, that helps me. That, that's awesome. And as we center this conversation around mental health and, and wellness, I'm wondering, Ms. Piccioni, do you have any insight into how organization helps us uh, in our, in our well-being? Yeah, you guys bring up excellent, excellent tips. Um, it makes me think of um, a type of therapy that I'm a big fan of called cognitive behavioral therapy, which in a nutshell, 
um, is not necessarily talk therapy. It's where you do things that you don't exactly feel motivated to do, but you physically just go through the motions. And by doing that, you actually notice an emotional shift. So it's kind of flip-flop, right? Most of the time we're waiting to feel emotionally motivated to do things. But in this case, we're sort of training ourselves to do new things, ideally productive, positive things um, that we don't necessarily feel motivated to do. So um, by having something concrete and tangible like a planner um, that we you know, start the day with and we update throughout the day, um, that can help give us a sense of order and a sense of control, right? Which, which generally makes us feel good. Um, we all are, are aware enough of, of the fact that we don't have a lot of control outside of our bedroom, outside of our homes. Um, and so just to be able to feel that in order to feel productive and um, centered, grounded um, is a is a great, is a great starting place. Mm. Okay. So, so yeah. I, I was just gonna say, Chloe and Claire, um, I, I forget, I think it was Chloe who mentioned at the beginning that, that for you recognizing how important it was to have Claire, um, that you have each other to check in with, and that's, that's such a valuable thing. And I'm really curious, you know, um, from your experience as you've navigated this, I mean, you're both 11th graders, um, so you've, you've been doing this since um, midway through second semester of your 10th grade year. Um, what kinds of experiences have happened for you that made you realize, I just need to check in with that, that bestie of mine who's gonna, gonna help me feel better? What kinds of things, what kinds of moments do you know I need something besides just trudging through, just like, gutting my way through these assignments. I really, I need to, I need my friend. I need to check in. What's that feel like for you? Um, I'd like to say if I like get to a really low point and just it's all piling up on me, but after every single assignment I get assigned, even if it's something small, I like, I know I can call Claire and complain that this teacher gave me this thing and I don't have time to do this thing and I'm so stressed and it just added to my stress and I feel like just talking it out really centers myself back to be like oh this is a 20 minute assignment that is no big deal and three points and I'm stressing myself out completely and unnecessarily so I think the like little things I don't know it always helps and I also think going to back, going back to what Ms. Piccioni said, like we should feel comfortable like going to friends because I think it's really hard when every day feels the same and you're trying to do the same work and it just feels really tedious. So I find that like when I'm talking to Chloe, I'm just going to complain to her a lot of the time, which might sound bad. We have more than that, but I think that it's nice sometimes to just have like one person who you can really just talk to and they won't judge you. Absolutely. And, and it's so important to have those support systems. And uh, we talked about kind of how hard it is to build those relationships remotely. Do you do you do anything consciously to uh, socialize or, or to intentionally build relationships uh, with each other or with your other friends uh, just just to keep the relationship strong? Oh, maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe I, not. I think you stumped them, Mr. Rivers. <laughs> it's it's I, something to think about, though. Ahead, I, I was I was just going to say I think one of the things that I realized I think it was probably in August I didn't realize it right away um, but after I'd gone away for summer and then come back and I realized that one of the things that I was really missing in my life were the the just accidental encounters with my colleagues with my students with the people in the hallway like I, I say all the time when I'm meeting with groups of students how much I miss the hallway like this was such an important part of the work that I do as dean and as teacher just interacting with students and colleagues and every interaction I wanted to have with anybody had to be was intentional right it had to be planned um, I mean I've got my couple of people that I check in with via text message and I can text them anytime but if I really wanted to talk with them, I had to plan, right? We had to set an appointment. We had to pick a time. We're going to Zoom or FaceTime or whatever at this time. Mm -hmm. And that I didn't have in, in you know, pre-COVID times. Like I could find somebody to talk to any minute of any workday. All I had to do was walk out of my classroom and I had people that I could, I could talk at or with. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's been a, a big change. Chloe, you're you're ready. Sorry, I got excited because you just completely read my mind. But from <laughs> like the more student perspective, it's with my peers. And I was constantly talking about this to Claire in like May and the end of the spring. I talked about how I missed like the people that I was friends with, but I don't really hang out with or talk to outside of school because I have a lot of those friends, but I don't have very many of my super close friends that I talk to every day or every few days. So I was just saying how like it felt like my social circle got so much smaller. And I always talk about and how I sometimes I always feel like I have no friends, but then I'm reminded that I could talk to any of these people whenever I want and it would be completely like normal, but it's just cause I don't talk to them every single day or it's like, I'm not giving anybody hugs in hallways as I walk by or just like the little waves to even the people in the grades above and below me that I know because of sports or like the elective classes or people that I barely know, but I've had a couple conversations with like I miss those people and I don't talk to them that much anymore because talking to them, I don't know, right now I thought I feel like it would be awkward because I'm not that close with them, but I'm close enough. So I don't know, it's confusing. And adding on to Chloe, for me, I feel like this is gonna sound strange, but I feel like the breakout room is kind of a hallway only because you're paired with people that like you usually don't know pretty well. And like, I find that when you first go into a breakout room, you kind of like make small talk before you're actually doing the work. So I think for me, I really enjoy doing breakout rooms in a way, even if there's like a big assignment, because I think that it's a nice way to talk to people that you don't normally talk to like you would in the hallway. For, for that exact reason, I use a lot of breakout rooms. Um, and, and, you know, for as a, from a teacher perspective, I've had to work really hard on the balance between how much I care about content versus how much I care about building those relationships. And granted, they're not mutually exclusive. They can happen at the same time, but it's hard to make that happen at the same time. So, so breakout rooms is absolutely uh, something that I lean on. Miss um, Piccioni, you look like you were ready to say something. <laughs> I love all of this, and I, I, and it, it makes me sad. It makes me hopeful. Um, 
I, I feel compelled to, to mention this great Brene, Brene Brown quote that I keep coming back to. If you don't already follow Brene Brown, um, she's, she's a phenomenal social worker, speaker, spiritual uh, guide, et cetera. Um, but a recent quote she's, she, she made was, connection comes in many different forms. We can even find meaning in being weary together. Right. So there's two things on my mind right now. The first is that um, what you're all talking about is we're sort of mourning the loss of, of those casual as, as you know, those casual accidental encounters. And as the as the counselor of the school, I, I know that it's even more difficult for students to come in and meet with me and connect with me and vent to me. Right. Because it feels so formal. Whereas before they could just drop by my office or I would happen to see them in the hallway or at lunch, et cetera. Um, so that's, you know, my, what I'm feeling from my perspective. Um, but yeah, the, the being able to, when Dr. Steiger talks about, I know he genuinely is mourning the loss of this. He was like, he was king of the hallway, you know, as far as getting, getting, building those connections, right? Um, and so we're all mourning that loss together. And that is how we can start to, or continue to feel that connection in sharing this loss together. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? So many things have changed over the course of out of, of this pandemic. You can insert, I'll just call it 2020, right? So many things have changed. And one of them has been my attitude about everything. When it first happened, I was on spring break and it became this extended spring break. And I was honestly a little happy. I was, I was kind of happy to have the time. And I was like, Oh, it's it's cool to be inside. I I've never had this much time inside before, and it was almost a positive thing for from from a very uh, 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 individual perspective kind of thing of having time around my house. And then as it as it developed, and as we went from what was supposed to be a couple of weeks to a couple of months to it's been now almost close to a year. I'm wondering how our thoughts have changed around wellness in this time. How are, how are we strategizing differently to uh, take care of ourselves, to, to be well and to keep our mental health well? Um, uh, Ms. Piccioni, you talked earlier about uh, this, this idea of, I, I summarize it as fake it till you make it, right? Sometimes you have to do things you don't feel like you're, you're supposed to be doing. But there's also an element of self-care to it where you don't wanna overwork yourself and sometimes you need a break, right? So there, there's also a fine line there. And I'm wondering as, as we start to wrap up and think of our takeaways, what, what strategies have we created for ourselves to navigate that line of, I got to keep myself working versus it's okay for me to take a break right now? Um, I actually have been thinking about something Ms. Piccioni said at the very beginning, right when she introduced herself. Um, you said something about how sometimes your expectations for yourself at times can just be too high. And especially right now, it's okay to just relax, like take a break, like you don't need to work for this extra 10 minutes. And I've just been thinking about that this entire time. And I think you just put what I needed to hear in words that like, I know I'm working hard, but sometimes it's okay if I relax up a little bit and I don't need to be stressed about every single little thing. And I don't know, that was, that was what I've been thinking about this entire time. And I think that's my biggest takeaway. That's excellent. 
Um, also, what Chloe said, I feel like when you're in this type of environment, you feel like you have so much free time and you feel like all of that free time should be spent like towards doing something productive. But a lot of times I feel like that's like deteriorating for our mental health and we're all just like really overtired even though we're in our own houses. So I find that like getting outside and making time for myself to just like relax or get off a screen has really helped me with that. I think one of my messages is for students and, and just, and everybody, but I mean, to, to remind students that, that I think very often I see students imagining their teachers as kind of like knowing how everything's gonna unfold. Um, I see this all the time where I have this accidental thing sort of like converge and, and students spark and they're like, oh my gosh, like you planned this, didn't you? I'm like, of course I did. I would never just accidentally fall into something so perfect. Um, but I mean, the reality is that we are always having those things happen, these accidental momentary things. The point is teachers are also struggling through um, trying to work these things out. Like it may look like we've got everything figured out, but we really don't, um, which means we understand where you are struggling too. Like we want to help, we empathize. Um, I promise um, your teachers want to, to help you. All the adults on campus, your peers, um, everybody wants the people around them to be well and to be, be healthy and to be taking care of themselves. So please, um, if you feel ever like you just don't know what to do next, um, mm -hmm. find someone that you trust that you can talk to. I think that's the most important thing. Find somebody you can connect with um, in your house, beyond your house, friends, peers, teachers, um, adults, Miss Piccioni, someone find someone to talk to please don't don't struggle alone mm -hmm. absolutely. absolutely beautifully said all of you um you know we we hear this a lot but it, it bears repeating um we are social beings and and early on in the early on in the um um in our conversation or early on in the pandemic we talked about uh social distancing versus physical distancing right making that distinction Right, we are physically distanced and we know that we've still got a little bit more time of doing that so that we can get through this. Um, but maintaining those connections as best as we can, we are, we are wired for that connection. Mm -hmm. um, I feel compelled to, to mention, um, we talk a lot about self-care. I, I want you guys, I, my hope is that you think of it as, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Self-care is not selfish. And a mantra that I say to myself, because as a, as a mom and as a, a therapist, it's, it's just, it's easy for me to kind of forget about myself and to think that, oh, I just need to take care of this person, this person, this person. No, actually the mantra I say to myself is I take care of myself so that I can care for others, mm -hmm. right? So caring for yourself is anything but selfish it allows you to do more for others, to do more for the world. Um, and then maybe in a future episode, uh, we can talk about the importance of boundaries. Um, so as much as, I, as much as we are emphasizing that the importance uh, of maintaining those connections to other people and, and they're vital, um, we also need to learn and practice how to connect in healthy ways because it is possible to give too much of ourselves to the point that we're depleted. And we can talk maybe in a future episode about some of those, some of those red flags, but, but oh, I, 
Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. That's, and you, what you just said about boundaries relates to my biggest takeaway from this conversation, which is that idea of boundaries in a sense, because for me, what we said about order earlier, what we said about the distinction between uh, working hard versus working too hard, it's about pacing, right? And, and for me, the way that uh, shapes in my day-to-day my, uh, -day life is I have to set real boundaries about when I start and when I stop certain, certain tasks, right? And, and that means I can focus in that, let's call it an hour where I'm grading, right? In that hour, all I'm doing is grading. However, my stop time allows me to keep that boundary for myself and allows me to not overpour from, from that proverbial cup, right? Um, and, and so as we keep working ourselves through this, through this time that we find ourselves in, I find that pacing is really important and those boundaries are really important so that we can keep coming back day after day and never like burn ourselves out at, at any one point. Uh, and that is about the time for our fifth podcast. Thank you so much to uh, Ms. Piccioni, to the wonderful tandem, Cece, Claire, and Chloe. Uh, Dr. Steiger, any last words for us? I just thank you so much for bringing this to us, for, for leaning in, for feeling brave, and, and engaging with us today. Um, I hope that this is a first and not an only conversation. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And an invitation to other uh, students, faculty members, community members. Uh, we're always looking for ways to collaborate. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And hey, stay classic, Calabasas. Have a good one.